When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of Temple of Who Podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Babels, aka J Mabes here. With the homie Kings, Kings, what's going on this week, man? Yeah, man, like you know, just you know, the same thing. Trying to live good. This weekend, busy doing that over watching, you know, the sorry teams play like you know <laughs> the Lakers. But uh, shout LeBron chasing Kareem, ten K, ten K. The brand is still strong for Clutch. Yeah, man, I can't, I can't. You know, the only player in NBA history. Uh, with 30K, 10K, and 10K, that's kind of amazing. So, you know, no knock on that. They didn't lose 140 to 111. Final score just hit, but, you know, only player in the history with 30K, 10K, and 10K. It would have been nice to have them hit these milestones in the season that, you know, was headed towards something, but it is what it is, man. Hey, man, you know, he can still help a ch- – he can still, you know, be a top dog for a contender. It's just, unfortunately, the Lakers don't have one. Yeah, but shout out to the Lakers, though, man. We get to record an hour early. We don't have to wait for that garbage to be over. Like, <laughs> we can get to bed at a decent time on a Sunday night, man. So shout out them. Uh, <laughs> but, but where I want to start, uh, big game late last week. Nets, 76ers, uh, kind of shocking. They put Ben Simmons through the ringer all day from the hotel to the to the game and even in the game. But the Nets came out, held it down for their new teammate, really blew the 76ers off the floor. Um, from the jump, really, it seemed like KD and Kai were really trying to send a message, I think, between protecting Ben and kind of being kind of pissed off at how the hard situation uh, went down. Uh, they sent a message. And um, I just got to ask you before, you know, before I go, what, what was your takeaway from that game in general? Yeah, you know, my takeaway was that, you know, they they were on they were on they were on their head, you know what I mean? Like um Katie and Kyrie, they mentally wanted that matchup. You know what I'm saying? They didn't care that they had MB, they didn't care that, you know, the Sixers were on a high, they were clicking, buzzing. Like they're like, you know what? You know, we're we've been struggling, we've been struggling to get wins, but we still, we still the Nets. I'm still KD. I'm still Kyrie Irving, the yo-yo man. And I'm, you know, we we here to get buckets and we here to and we here to play hoop. And Kyrie was ready to take the challenge to Harden on both ends. Harden wanted no, <laughs> no part of that, man. Like that, that was crazy to see. Um, the mental side, and I was talking to somebody about this. Actually, the mental side of sports is crazy, in the sense that you can have so much skill and talent, but is something to be said about the uh, the desire to compete when you are uncomfortable, when things are uncomfortable, and, and when the uh, everything you know everything isn't going 
according to plan or going a certain way. You got to be able to get it off in those hostile conditions. And that's what Katie and Kyrie live for. And that's kind of their rep. That's what they built their reputations on. And uh, Harden has a reputation for when that happens, his game goes south. And it happened, and his game went south. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a regular season game. I get it. But uh, it wasn't a good look uh, of, for what's to come in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah, man, I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on this with you. So, we understand it's not the playoffs, but, you know, I'd say over the course of 82 games, you have to play, probably play about maybe, let's say, 10, 12, like, big games over the course of the regular season, I would say. Um <clears throat> So seeing Harden come out and do that, knowing what his reputation was and kind of the background behind the game, if you are a, a 76ers fan, are you at all, in your opinion, kind of nervous heading into the into the playoffs after seeing that performance? Or is it just, you know, it's a regular season game, there's not much to take from that. So what, what side of that are you on? Yeah, you know, for me, it's um for me, it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's a big game against a con- potential contender that you're going to have to see down the line. Uh, it's around the time of the season where you're supposed to be clicking on trying to fire on all cylinders. And for him to be that bad, like, it would be one thing if he put up a great, a good performance, maybe shot bad, but he was aggressive, try to look for a shot, try to set guys up, and they just lost, you know, a hard-fought game. Like, then it's like, okay, it's okay. It's a regular season game. You came to compete. You came to play. But, like, he literally folded and they got <laughs> ran. So it's like at this point in time for that to happen, it's not very, it's not a very good thing. But, again, it's the regular season. So it's like it's not the end of the world, but it's not a good sign. Like, you know, you shouldn't feel good about what you just watched. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think on top of that, the you know, following that up, the Sixers really struggled to beat the Magic tonight um, or to earlier today. They went to OT. Ended up winning like a, a nail biter at the end. Um, you just, I, I said this eventually. It's like this all kind of come down to how much do you trust James Harden in big moments, man? Like I think Embiid's yeah. going to be there. You know, he's not going to fall, but you know, it's going to come down to can James Harden step up when it matters and, and deliver it for you? And man, that that's a lot on his plate after what they they gave up uh, for him. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. But that that was not a good look. And I'm saying, like I said, it's just regular season. But I think there's a couple of games over the course of the season, at least by probably 20 to 12 or the 82, that are really big games. And if guys don't show up for those, I think that's kind of a red flag. Um, and I was watching the standings today. You know, Chicago got Caruso back and immediately began to defend again. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to keep losing. They're that, it's like a – a big log jam at three, four, five spot right now. They're all both three, three to four games back. Man, it, it, can you imagine if Philly ended up at four and had to play Boston in the first round or something like that, man? Like that's – I think of all the matchups they could draw potentially, uh, that's probably one of the uglier ones as far as like style of play and aesthetics because they play defensively so well. They're going to make hard and uncomfortable. and. For some reason, I don't know why Horford, for some reason, just seems to just – I'm almost not going to say shut down and be, but he makes him work extremely hard to be effective. And I think that's just a – of all the first-round match, I think that's the the one that they – I'm not going to say avoid that be there, but that's the one they probably kind of want to stay away from early, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, Embiid is a is a hassle. He's gonna wear you down. But if you're looking at it from the Nets perspective, I mean, I would have been worried if they were just going in there with Claxton. But man, is that Drummond addition paying dividends? I think, you know, that's the thing that why AD was so obsessed with trying to play with him instead of letting him spell him some rest, like which was the smartest thing that he would that would have happened. But Drummond is just a big body man. He's athletic. He can move on his feet, and it's like you know what I'm saying, like. Embiid is massive, but, but Drummond is massive. So it's yeah. not, you know what I mean? It, it's not like Embiid going against Drummond and, it, and it's no resistance there. It's going to be some resistance. He's going to make Embiid exert energy and he's going to keep Claxton fresh and, and fresher at least. And he's going to take uh, pressure off KD from having to go down there and help him bang. So it's that size and that athletic ability and nimbleness from him. Drummond is just paying, paying dividends for, for the Nets. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I tweeted this, but I'm watching. I was like, they didn't ISO post this dude up once. And the Lakers were like feeding dude like he was a king. Like, that's a big difference, like, in how you yeah, use a player. <laughs> and on top of that, they surrounded him with four shooters at all times, too. So it's space for him to be effective. It's not a it's not a clutter, you know, in the lane. And he becomes ineffective, you know what I mean? So Or ineffective, not ineffective, you know what I mean? So, you know, just – I mean, the Nets, the, uh, you know, as bad as, as, as in terms of strategic execution that Steve Nash can be in terms of adjustments, right lineups, you know, having the proper game plan or having a game plan in general, as some Nets fans like to complain about. And, you know, in terms of all the issues that at least the Nets play a modern style of basketball. <laughs> you know, that's something the Lakers just have, have just not played since Global has been there. Yeah, that's true. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I got to ask, man, so it looks like, you know, looking at these standings, man, um, something's going to have to – I don't see the Nets pushing past the play-in at this point. You know, they're three and a half behind Cleveland for that sixth spot. We got 14 games left. So Cleveland will really have to backslide. And they still have to leapfrog Toronto too, who's asked, who's also playing a lot uh, a lot better than they were early in the year. So you're right, talking right. about at the at the highest, the Nets are going to be a seven seed and have to play in a playing game. Um, people are really hyped after that 76er game, man. Do you think a finals run from that playing is is a plausible something plausible to happen? It's going to be a tough road for the Nets. The only way it happens is if Ben Simmons plays. And if Ben Simmons plays to the best of his abilities, um, if Ben Simmons isn't playing, they're not winning. No, they're not winning a title because they need him defensively. They don't really have any wing defenders. That's going to take a toll on them because uh, their main one is KD right now. Uh, that's going to take a toll on them going forward. Bruce um, Bruce Brown is is a nice Josh Hart type of archetype, but those guys aren't really good on the perimeter in terms of staying in front and forcing wings to take you know, tough shots. Um, so Ben Simmons can do that. He can fill in as a wing defender. I mean, Ben Simmons is a Swiss Army knife defensively. Wing defender can put him on the best guard if need be. Uh, can also put him on on a power uh, power forwards or like, a, you know, 
more nimble bigs or like the the wing bigs like the Giannis types, etc. You could put him on those and have him you know guarding with his chest. Uh, he can spell. He can you know he can guard some type of finesse bigs like the Vucevic's. You know what I mean? Potentially you know switch on to Embiid here and there. Not not consistently obviously, but here and there he can provide some resistance in the post down there. But um, yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife defensively that fits what they would need defensively at any given moment outside of rim protection. And he would also um, help them offensively in terms of not having to be bogged down with just ISO ball. He could, you know, he's a guy who pushes the tempo, gets guys running, which, you know, KD said they ran, they beat Philadelphia so easily because they ran. And Ben Simmons is a guy who loves to run. He's a great passer. So he will find guys, get guys open looks, and he's going to be playing with space because he has a lot of elite shooters and elite scorers around him. So he will get to play to the best of his abilities on offense. So I think with Ben Simmons, if he plays to his best of his abilities, they will be able to go from playing to championship. But based on how he how he's come along so far, I don't even think he will play this season. And if he does play, it's not, there's just no way I can see him be up to speed in time for him to be that effective. Like, you know, it's one of those type of things with the Nets. We're full healthy. I would be very concerned. You know, I, I, I and you know me, I picked the Bucks to go back to back. But I was looking at that drumming size. Then you got Claxton's pretty athletic and lanky. Then you have Ben Simmons. I was worried for Giannis, bro. I'm not even going to hold you. I was, you know what I mean? Because the Bucks are knucklehead, so they need Giannis to go up there and get his <laughs> uber-efficient 40 to keep them afloat. But it, it wouldn't be easy with those guys. Then he has to battle KD and Kyrie. Uh, man, I was worried. But if, if Ben Simmons is not up to speed, it's not happening. Yeah, so um, to what you just spoke about, they interviewed Steve Nash today, or Steve, not interview, but Steve Nash talked today about Ben Simmons' uh, ramp up. Said he's not even a one on, not even ready for one on one, let alone three on three, five on five. So we've got to get to a place where he can go full speed, unopposed, one on one. And then we'll talk about hopefully quickly he can go to one on one, three on three, five on five. And that was, you know, um, from last night. So, you know, it doesn't sound like he's, he's close at this point. There's only 14 games left. So, he talking about yeah. playoffs starting in a little over a month at this point. So it's, it's not a lot of time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They, they I think, yeah, I agree with you today. They need him to maximize whatever this season is for them. I, I would probably pick them to win the playing game over Toronto. It was just so tough. You never know in these one-game situations. Some guy gets crazy high from three and, you know, changes everything. Remember last year, John Morant was a 30% three-point shooter. He gets five in a playing game and, you know, changes everything, right? So – yeah, you you never know what's gonna happen with that. Man, the point it's 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 one of those things where it's dangerous position to be in, but they got the right guys for it. Katie and Kyrie not they not losing no playing game. You know what I mean? And it's they gonna be it's one of those things where even with LeBron too and the Lakers, LeBron and A D, like I get it, you know, they're not good, but that's not a team you would want to necessarily play in a seven game series, right? Right. Uh it's because it you know that it slows down at that point. You know, it's it's different in the regular season where you're up and down. You know, what I mean, you you have to you have to be able to go day by day with it. But it's like when you're honed in on the same team, you're looking to film at the same team. It's a whole different ball game, man. It's a whole different ball game. So it's not it's, it's not a series that unless you're like the Warriors or the Suns. I think right now the highest Lakers, the Lakers could get is eight, which means Phoenix. So I don't think that matters. But I think in, in theory, you are correct. 
I just think Phoenix is at a, such a high level right now. I don't think right. it'll be competitive with. Phoenix got too much depth, so it wouldn't really right. matter right now. So, but I'm just saying, like in general, that's the that's the thing. But I think I do think though that it, it wouldn't be good for Phoenix because I think if if, if they get if Phoenix gets somebody outside of Lakers, they could sweep and enjoy some rest going into a tough second round. But if they play the Lakers, the Lakers can make that a very uncomfortable six games. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I, I like I like the I don't see it, but I like the faith. I don't <laughs> it, 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 no, I like like really you can LeBron James and AD they they can give you two games both going off and you lose. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll win the series, sure, but you'll lose those two, and then uh, you're gonna have to you know show more than what you wanted to show in the first round, and you're gonna have to you know put more on tape and ask Booker and and see people like, hey bro we got we need you to match Bron scoring forty we need you but you know what I mean it's like it's like I said, it's not a comfortable thing to be in. Like, they'll win, but it's just not comfortable to be in as opposed to, like, getting the Pelicans. You know what I'm let's, saying? Let, let, let's have Brown and AD beat the Pelicans first, bro, because right now, the yeah, way they're yeah, looking of course, like, of course. it looks like they're going to have to go on the road to New Orleans and win that playing game uh, based on how the schedule looking, but we'll, we'll, we'll handle that another day. Um, let's talk dubs. Um, so, all season long, we've talked about you know, or, or after the Warriors kind of cooled off, cooled off after that hot start, we talked about, you know, the need for some size or whatever. Um, I thought they got two really impressive wins uh, late last week. Uh, they beat Denver in Denver. They come back home. They handle a Bucks team that I thought, you know, was kind of looking forward to that matchup. Um, but through the absolute kitchen sink at Steph, held him to eight points, but was giving up open looks all over the place. Uh, he literally picked his poison. <laughs> which was Clay and Poole, who had 30 points and five assists each. Yeah. Were you surprised at the ease of which they handled Milwaukee from the Warriors' side? I know that they get, these are this is all regular season, but, you know, I think, like I said, there I think there are some big games. I think it was clear the Warriors were trying to send the message with this one. It was funny because everybody was talking about Clay, man. Clay's by himself. He's playing Star Poole, playing there, and then big game against the contender who came to play. <laughs> himself, man. Like I, like I told people, bro. This is why I can't pick against the Warriors. Been through the when you've been through the wars, man. Yeah, yeah. You're all timer. Like you gonna know what to do when it's time, bro. Like you just, you just know what to do when it's when it's that time. You know what to do, and you can't worry about are they gonna lose. You have to beat them, bro. But I'm saying like that. But Buck Bud was like, okay, we're gonna make Curry not shoot. We're gonna make somebody else beat you. It's like okay, Clay Thompson's like okay. You forget, I've beaten teams in the playoffs myself. You know what I'm saying? Game six, OKC down three two again uh, with against Russ and KD. I came in, I dropped forty. Like I did that. You know what I mean? I had big games against the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've had monster moments. So if you're gonna if you're gonna disrespect me, you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get scored on, and that's exactly what happened. So. You know, it's different when Clay Thompson is there and you're running that type of defense, bro. It's not, it's not gonna work, man. So anybody who's watching the Warriors, the only way you can actually, you know, throw that kitchen sink at Steph, Steph, especially now that they don't have KD, you gotta do Kyle game plan. You gotta blitz and recover. You have to recover, bro. So if you if you're gonna live with with somebody else jacking up open threes and making no attempt to even cover that guy. And it's Clay Thompson. Good luck. That's all I have to tell you. 
And I got to give a shout out to, to Mar, man, on this one because I was his main complaint last year that there yep. was nobody <laughs> to Jason, score Jason with, Steph, with, with Steph Goddell. I think he was complaining that about the lack of minutes last year for Poole. Like they just wanted this, wanted to play him just because they had no other shot creator. Uh, and I think Poole, I was nervous earlier, earlier in the year about depending on him as a secondary creator, but he's taken a leap this last month or so after a rough start when Clay got back. The last couple of weeks, man, he's been. Adjusted. Yeah, exactly. He adjusted. You're right. That's a great play. He adjusted to Clay coming back and he looks really good. Draymond is back now. He's playing tomorrow. My only thing is, I saw some of the Wiseman clips. I, I I don't know how realistic it is to be able to have him contribute. Uh, that's just my honest assessment out of the, the the two the two clips I watched. It just seems like the game is moving really fast for him right now. It just has to slow down. So I don't know if you can trust that in a playoff series, even like even for 10, 12 minutes. You know, you know how that goes. Um, just 10, 12 minutes can shift the whole game. So. I think that's something they'll have to, you know, weigh as a coaching staff and organization and measure that, how ready he is for playoff action. But Dre is back. Uh, they're going to get Iguodala back. They're going to get Porter back. And it seems like, you know, everything is trending up for the Warriors at this point. You know, uh, Memphis Memphis is a, a great story. I think they'll push the Warriors in the second round. But it feels like Phoenix and Dubs is like an inevitable, you know, meeting in, in that conference final. Unless yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, uh, I was watching. I do not believe Dallas is going to be easy out. Even if you get the first seed, you're going to have to work for that. The way Jason Kidd got them boys defending, they won a big game today against that's, Boston. That's why I said I'd be worried if I'm Phoenix going through LeBron AD. Then you got to go through the Luka and the revamped defensive Mavs. With now they got uh, more peri- they got more perimeter uh, help for Luka, so they can let Luka really play wing. It's yeah. like, man, I wouldn't uh, – that's not – Lakers, Mavs, Warriors is not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not – I mean, that's not yeah. being strange. Yeah, that's, that's – it's, I mean, it's going to be tough regardless. Um, you know, right now, I think Memphis and the Warriors are, are tied at, at, at 2-3. They have another matchup later this month. I think that's probably going to decide who gets to 2-3 so that the matchups will change. I think, you know, we both allude to this – all season, the playoffs are going to be about matchups, man, not about seeding. Oh, it's, 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 it's so closely, you know, closely contested. A lot is going to end up about just the matchups at, at certain positions. You know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to that. Ben Whitty's been a godsend for uh, Dallas. Another case of situation mattering. He looked terrible in Washington this year. He goes oh. to Dallas, and he's, he's winning games for them just by – Given another creation option and giving Luca energy to close games, so and I I got to give it to Jason Kidd, man. Um, he's obviously I'll say this: he learned some defensive principles from Frank. The one thing that Frank is really good at, the Mavs are out there defending their behind off. Like I said, huge win today against a scorching hot Celtics team. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying that they're going to beat Utah in the first round. Like I'm I'm, I'm comfortable picking. The Mavs over Utah in the first. That seems like the four or five matchup. I but got yeah, it too. Yeah, I, I, I think that Dallas, that Dallas Phoenix second round is going to be going to be special to watch, and not just the the Warriors Grizzlies, which I also think is going to be because the way the Grizzlies don't back down from the Warriors, it's fun to watch them, you know, compete. On the other side of this, we got to talk about Milwaukee, bro. We haven't given them much uh, much airtime on this show over this season. I think we're both leaning towards picking them to come out the East. But as I, I paid a little more attention to them 
over the last uh, month or so, their defense is really troubling. Last year, they were, I think, top three or top four defensively. It's tumbled all the way down to 15th this season. I did not think they missed Brooke Lopez like they do. I think you see this a lot better than a lot of people did. You saw what Brooke brought to that team. It wasn't a high shot block rate, but his just rim protection in general, like his verticality and just that big body who's still somewhat mobile, he does a lot. And I think more importantly, he puts Giannis in his proper role as a roamer on the backside where he can just wreak havoc opposed to being the primary uh, rim protector. Right. I think I don't think Portis does that as well as Brooke. So right. I, go ahead. Yeah, I, was like, I think that's the biggest thing because I like Port. Like I told you, whenever I said play Portis more, like I like him against those teams where um, they 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 those teams that kind of push more uh, switchy. Because I think Portis it will at least attempts to dance outside and, and, and try and get on guys. Even though now you know guys are starting to take Portis more to the rim because they're understanding that hey. Portis isn't a shot blocker, so for for them it's like it, it's like they're they're challenging the Bucks a lot inside because yeah. they understand that you know with Portis is there the shot blocking's the quality is going to go down. So you don't even really need to dance to try and take outside shots. It's like if Portis is there, make them have to keep defending the paint. You know what I mean? Trying trying try uh, get easy shots attacking the inside because. Brooke Lopez isn't there to use his his verticality, his IQ, and his uh his placement, his foot placement. He doesn't have good foot speed, but he has good foot placement of understanding where to be on the drop. Excellent and, position uh, defender. Excellent, excellent, position. excellent position. Position positioning is the key. Is the is the real word I'm looking for. He has great positioning on defense. I think also too, Coach Bud is just so comfortable coaching the drop and playing defense off the drop that you know it's hard for him to adjust with other defensive coverages outside of that and other defensive principles outside of the drop. I think that's just, and I think also like from a coaching standpoint, them not having Brooke and having to do other things is affecting them. Cause I don't think their coaching staff's equipped for that to implement certain principles uh, outside of drop coverage. So I think, and also is, you know, and this is why I said the Nets have the mental edge on, on every team, probably not, you know, I'll probably say it's e- even with them mentally with the, with the C's because the C's, um, they, Jason Tatum doesn't – I mean, obviously, Jason Tatum doesn't fear them, but I think, you know, the C's as a whole feel confident and they execute well from what I see when they play the Nets. They always play the Nets tough. But my thing when I say the Nets had the, the mental edge against every team, it wasn't – people People just automatically assume fear. It's not just, not just fear. It's literally like execution, like, you know, limiting mistakes. The Bucks are – have – like troubling IQ, like you saw it all last playoffs. <laughs> like it's, they have, they have a lot of mental mistakes. Like that's what the mental part of the game is. It's like cleaning up mental mistakes. The Bucks have a lot of mental mistakes, and you know, in the clutch, especially in your when you're prone to that, and you're playing guys like KD and Kyrie, that's a problem. You know, that's a problem because those guys are relentless in the clutch. And they know what to they know what to do when it's clutch time. So if you're in the close game with them and you have issues taking care of the ball, getting in your spots, getting your, like that's not good. And then you know some people are telling me Miami, look, bro, you need to tell 3 a.m. he needs to score more than 24 <laughs> points a game every single game. Right, if he's not mentally ready to score, you're not you're not winning at all. They have the mental edge, bro, because your best player needs to be ready to score like he's the best player. Like that's uh-huh. your that's your main problem. With the, with the uh, he, I get you have better coaching, 
you have your culture, you're tough. But if your if your best player is mentally worried about you know not scoring, that's a problem. Yeah, right? you don't have a mental edge there. But like I can see the Celtics though. The Celtics always play the Nets tough. Uh, they're tough coached. The you know it's great coaching from because you know Stevens is still there. Doka is a good mind. They bought in. They have the guys I want to run with. They want to do, and they have a closer. They have a closer, and they have a second score, and they have a they have a glue tough guy pest that gets under people's skin. So, and then they have a a, a a switch big who jumps out off the screen. So, like I, when people were saying the C's, I had to. I was like, yeah, I, I agree with y'all. Everybody <laughs> else, uh, <laughs> yeah. So they did say to your point, uh, Brooke Lopez is back tomorrow uh, per Woj. He should give a boost to a defense. Check this out, gangs. First time in Budenholzer's whole tenure, the defense is outside the top 10. Yeah, man. He's missing that drop coverage game. Right. And then also, George Hill uh, should be back next week as well. And I think for a team that's kind of lighting the guard spot after losing Connaughton and then trade, they traded away to DiVincenzo and then lost Connaughton like not too far after that. So it's been rough. Also, you know, Grayson Allen can spread the, spread the floor, but he's nowhere near the defender that, uh, DiVincenzo was. I think that's also hurting as well. So do you, do you know? Do you know when Connaughton came back? Has he came back yet? I can't remember. So he had the injury in hand on February tenth. He said he's supposed to be gone from four weeks from there, so he should actually be coming back soon. He's supposed to be sidelined for four weeks. Yeah, that's, that's what I figured. Like I, uh, from what I saw, I knew he would be. I knew he'd be back. So, uh, and for the playoffs anyway, he'd be back in time for the playoffs. Yeah. He was having a career year too. Career year, ten points, four rebounds, that's in twenty-seven gonna, minutes. That's gonna that's gonna help him out a lot for sure. Right. Him and him and Hill, man. Him and Hill. Like you get your guys back, you get him, you get Hill, you get Brooke. All right, let's see. And and the good thing about those guys is they know the scheme, so they're not gonna need long to get acquainted. You know what I mean? They know the scheme. They play with the guys who who's there. They're not gonna need long to get back into it. I think Brooke is probably just gonna need to play himself in the shape a little bit. But right. in terms of in terms of understanding where to be and how to play with certain guys, they, they know what to do. Right. But I think, but you see why you see, this is the, that's the reason why I'm comfortable with the Bucks because they all play with each other. You know what I'm saying? They all play with each other. They all know how to play in the scheme. So it's literally just getting everybody there and outside of the hospital. <laughs> that's always right. what it's been for me. Everybody <laughs> outside the hospital. All right, kids, just getting to that point of the year. Uh, we got to do this uh, temperature check. Every episode till we out of here. Uh, let me get your top three for MVP. Number right one, now. number one, we got Embiid. Number two, we got man, we got Joker, and number three, we got Giannis. That's how I'm gonna go with it. That's still your top three. Yep. All right, so give me a you know man, they're all close. Bro. Yeah, no, it's, it's obviously splitting hairs, but tell me what what puts Embiid over Joker for you right now. I mean, just the standing, but even then, it's like he has 41 wins. Joker got 40. So it's going to come down. So it's going to come down to the wild. It's literally just, it's literally by this much right now. It's by slim right now, man. It's going to come down to the wire. Same with the scoring title. It's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. I'm, uh, I got a little reverse. So I got Joker first, Embiid second, and then third, uh, the Bulls. Got a little slippage, so Giannis is back up in that uh, yeah. top three for me. And then I peeking on the outside is John ja Morant. 
uh, for me, uh, right at that fourth spot. So oh, I like, yeah, I, I got him there too. Yeah. yeah so the, the reason I went, and this is all like you said, this is all like splitting hairs at this point. How close it is, I got Joe and beat by a hair. It's because when it's that close, I tend to look at the other variables, such as you know guys missing and things like that, kind of factor in the the the, the help available. And I think that's what helped me get Joker the the nod. But if Embiid wins it, I will not be upset at all. It's one of those. Like last year, I thought when Embiid got hurt, it was Joker's kind of pretty clearly. We couldn't. I think we both couldn't even argue. But yeah. this year, if Joker wins, if uh, Embiid or Joker wins it, I probably won't have any pushback at all. Even if Giannis wins, I think he's going to be the the first guy in NBA history to average probably uh, I think twenty nine. Was it twenty nine? I think he leads the league in scoring right now, officially. Yeah, I think it was something. Giannis could be the first guy in history to average 28, 12, and 6 or something like that. Something like, it was something yeah, he's, like at 20, he's at 29.7. Yeah, so I think he's, 30, he's, 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 he's the first guy to average 30, 12, or 6. That's what it was. First guy in the history to average 30, 12, or 6. That's what it was. And, you know, that's kind of absurd. So uh, I think Giannis probably will suffer from a little bit of voter fatigue over the last few years because he won it back-to-back and then was still a finalist the other year. So, but, Whoa, yeah. Can we talk, man? I mean, we have to say this for another segment. LeBron James is averaging 30 points, <laughs> 37 years old. What is going on, bro? This is not that, bro. I don't think people understand what is going on. Man. It's not. The <laughs> Lakers may be trash, but this is special, bro. I don't, people understand yeah. what I'm saying, bro. I think, like we talked about, we don't get a Lakers too much airtime this year, this <laughs> these days, because you know why would you? But I think why would you? What we said last time, I think the frustration is when you look at LeBron being able to do what he can do, is that you know whether it was him involved in decision making or whatever, he was, there were conflicting reports, but you feel like he was kind of failed by the front office. If you just when you look at him, you know, produce like that and still not and the wins not come and have the Lakers pretty much fighting for their playoff line. A lot of it has to do with injury as well, but, you know, they were barely 500 when AD played. A lot of it had to do with the with the roster. So, you know, that that's when I, when I look at the year LeBron's having, that's kind of like the first thing to increase in my mind, just like failure of the organization, you know. So that's where I am with that. All right. And something we haven't talked about much is the rookie of the year race. Y'all might have won, fellas. I might have won with the Cade. I might. I, I, might. Hey, I, t- <laughs> I, 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 I never sold my stock. I never um, sold my stock. No disrespect. I think Mobley is special. I think Scotty Barnes is really good. You know, even Wagner and Giddy are good. But I told you something about that boy in Detroit is different. <laughs> Under control, boy. It's, it's different. Under control, that. He, he turned it around quick. Now, I don't know if it's enough to win the rookie of the year, but I, I never moved off my stance that he was the best player in the draft. I think it takes a little longer for on-ball guys to get going because it's just tougher in the NBA when you on-ball. There's a lot on your shoulders. But I'm watching this dude night to night, and when they finally get that guy some help, man, that's just not, you know, playing for stats. Like, no disrespect Jeremy Grant, but, you know, I respect <laughs> the bag chase. When they get him some, you know, pointed help that's trying to win, I think they got a shot to do something special here. He can be the best player on on a contending team. That's like his ceiling for me. And that's how special he is with his playmaking and his his shot making. You know, what impresses me most is watching K late in basketball games. He's, He's never sped up. He gets what he wants. 
And to me, that that's a special trait that I don't know is if it's something that you can be taught, like having a feel for the moment. Remember, I said it, bro. It's like that's how Dre Miller was playing. That's exactly <laughs> how Dre under control. You know what I'm saying? Same type of same similar play style. You know, you, you uh, uh, nice steady tempo. Uh, they have this. They have similar. They have the same type of similar build too. Uh, the, the way they handle is pretty similar. It's not flashy, but it's effective. They got effective crossovers. They they're very smart and know, know how to set guys up. I, Dre was obviously a, a more cerebral playmaker, but uh, Cade is more better at shooting and scoring, and he's more athletic and, and bouncy. But they have the same demeanor, the same approach to the game, and the same type of play style. If you watch them both play, and you know, not uh, I know Reek tweeted about that. He actually see, he he finally saw him like yeah, bro. Is if you got you just. You know, the thing with some people is that they'll understand because a guy is – like, they think Cade will be a superstar, right? And I understand that. But because of somebody like Andre Miller wasn't a superstar, they automatically think he wasn't good. Right, yeah. And like, yeah. you go back in the tape and you look – like, if I say you're Andre Miller with a jump shot and wiggle, like, you understand. You're basically a taking – superstar. A, yeah, you're basically <laughs> taking a guy who was a, a fringe uh, – you know, a guy who was a, a – Pseudo star, all star type talent, and you're basically making him, you know, folds better in terms of adding needed skill set to take him to the next level. That's a superstar, bro. Like you guys, like and five know, inches, yeah, and five <laughs> inches. Like you need to understand, like you need to understand, like guys were good, but they had deficiency. So when you say guys like this but better, it's like you're not taking away from what he can become. You're adding right. on. And, and I'm glad you said shout uh, Andre Miller. Shout out Andre Miller. He sent us our all-state point guard from Pennsylvania, man. Shout out Andre Miller, man. That's a good dude. He trusted us with his he trusted us with his pro, with his prodigy, and he was all-state for us, man. So thank you, Andre Miller. Hey, that's Costa, love, Costa coaching staff, man. He showed that's us love. love. Yeah. All right. Make sure you guys uh, like and subscribe to the pod. Follow it. Uh, leave comments. Give us feedback. Hit us on the timeline. We had actually had a blast on Wednesday doing the midweek episode with live guests and people asking questions in the chat. We will do that again. I believe Kings is joining me this week. Yep. If his schedule allows for it, so I'm looking forward to we're looking forward to rocking with you guys midweek. Got a lot of love on that. Catch us on Green Room. We'll announce it the morning and the day of. And um, anything said before we get out of here, bro? All right, man. Just hey, get ready for March Madness. Get yeah, ready man. for NBA playoffs. I it's time for me to get in, in deep into my hoop bag now. You know, football night here, kind of t- taking some time to write. And so I'm, I'm going to be staying at home writing. So I'm going I'm to be getting the hoop bag. Let's go. All right. So I got a real quick. Who you rocking with in March Madness? Give me a team you rocking with. I, I, I honestly, bro, I haven't paid. I haven't been in, in college hoop. You know, I like to come on later. So I'm about to, like I said, I'm about to do my deep dive this week. I'll come back with you probably by Wednesday to, to see what I'm rocking with. Right. Uh, I got to go with Baylor. They got the uh, the point guard from East Oakland, James Akinjo. Yeah, Akinjo. <laughs> I've been seeing Akinjo Marvin I, I got to rock with Baylor just off the strength of James from the Bay. So got to rock with Baylor. Y'all be safe. We'll tap at you later this midweek. We are out of here. Peace, y'all.